I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Well, hi there. Welcome back to the Open Drive podcast. I'm so excited to be back recording. I cannot tell you how excited I am. This is episode one of 2021 and boy, do I have some updates for you. But before we dive in, which I'm very excited to do, we do need to tick off uh, just some general admin. So first things first, if you are here, welcome. Welcome to the family. If you're new, this is us. Uh, This is a place where I get to share what's happened in my life, how I've ended up where I have. So welcome. Uh, I do suggest that you start all the way back at the beginning uh, of episode one of 2020. That would be uh, a good place to start because you can catch up on everything and then come back to this episode. Uh, But if you're returning, thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're still listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As always, this podcast does deal with some heavy topics. Uh, Today's episode is going to be uh, a little bit heavy, so just a fair warning. But the general rule is that we talk about all sorts of things. So it covers off my childhood mostly, and it includes childhood trauma, uh, addiction, mental health. Uh, There's some talk of suicide at some points as well. So I just want to give you fair warning that goes across all of the episodes. And just remember, if you aren't following me yet on Instagram, please make sure you do, because that is where I post all of the updates for this. So you can follow me at Nick Ginsburg, or one word, nice and easy. Uh, Last year, you would have heard me plugging the podcast Instagram account. Well, I've decided to merge them and make it one. So uh, the podcast Instagram account is still there, but there won't be anything new posted on that. So please make sure you head over and follow me on my account because that's where it's all going to be. So 2021, it's been a big year so far. Uh, Just to catch you up, I've actually already recorded the first three episodes of the podcast Uh, And I did that a couple of weeks before Easter uh, this year, which uh, I'm recording this now on Sunday, the 2nd of May. So it was a while back, about six weeks ago, I recorded the first three episodes and uh, they're ready to go. Uh, They will be released after this episode. But a lot has happened in the last sort of five weeks, five, six weeks. And so I want to catch you up on that. About six weeks ago, my mum had a fall uh, at her aged care home. Very lucky to be there, obviously, nurses around. She seemed okay, um, but unfortunately it did knock her lungs around a bit and she has emphysema and heart failure and uh, dementia, you name it, she's got it. But (laughs) unfortunately, uh, it did mess with her lungs a lot Um, and... Over the, there was about a two week period where her health was deteriorating and they asked her if she wanted to go to the hospital um, to get it checked out because there was no air going in or out of the right lung is what we were told. Um, but mum said no. She, I don't, she said, I didn't want to go to the hospital. I don't want to go to the hospital. It's not something I want to do. I don't want to be in an unfamiliar area with different people. Um, and so they kept her comfortable. Uh, we knew because they wanted to have a... A conference call with us uh, about two weeks after that 
Um, we knew that her health was deteriorating. It was pretty clear, pretty evident. Um, and we knew that they were going to have that talk of it's a matter of time. This is what we're going to do for her, blah, blah, blah. But I thought we we had a fair, fair bit. So not a huge amount, but I thought that we would at least have a few weeks or a few months or whatever. Then as that second week went on, she deteriorated, deteriorated. This is the week of Easter. So as we're leading up to Good Friday, um, Thursday, she was uh, not great. Friday, and I both uh, Richard, my husband and I were FaceTiming her uh, regularly leading up to it. Uh, and on Good Friday was, uh, we FaceTimed her. And then Saturday morning, uh, I got a phone call at about, oh, it would have been 9, 30, 10 o'clock, letting me know that her oxygen saturation levels were at 32. And for those that don't know, oxygen saturation should sit, uh, for you and I, if, you're, if your breathing is okay, uh, would sit at about 98, 99. So uh, that was bad. <laughs> that, was, that was not good. It was not good. They did let me know, though, that medication was starting to work and that she was creeping up towards a 50 um, mark of oxygen saturation. So, I mean, there's, there's that. So she was, she was getting better. I of course called my auntie. Um, uh, I call her Auntie Bub. Her real name is Robin. Uh, uh, it's a long story as to why I call her Auntie Bub. Uh, essentially the short version is my, uh, very, very, very eldest cousin, uh, could not say Robin and my auntie was pregnant at the time. So she called her Auntie Bub because she had a bub in her. Anywho, so I called Annie Bub and said, uh, can you go around and check on mum? And she jumped in the car. They live about five minutes away. Jumped in the car, got there, and she walked in, turned around, and called me straight away and told me I need to come up. Getting a phone call like that, hearing how distressed my auntie was, I knew it was bad. But I think what your brain does is trick yourself into thinking that it's not as bad as what it is. Uh, interestingly, I, I sat on the plane. So so I got that call at 11 something, 11.30, 11, and I was on a one o'clock flight up to Brisbane. And uh, that flight was not fun uh, at all. Thank God Qantas has good Wi-Fi. So I was connected with her and we were messaging and mum had had a peak. So she'd started laughing and well, not hugely, but she'd had a good chuckle and was talking lots and all of that, which was great. Um, and then I landed, got in the car, drove the hour and 20 minutes up uh, to Mullaney on the Sunshine Coast, which is where my mum my and my family are. And... Uh, got there at about 4.15, 4.30, and I actually remember um, uh, getting to the, the, the aged care place, um, to, to mum's sort of nursing home, and they were on lockdown because of coronavirus. And so when I, um, when I got there and I pressed the doorbell, this woman came up to me and on the other side of the glass was looking at me like, are you an idiot? We're on lockdown. What are you doing? And then she opened the door and I said, hi, I'm Nick. I'm Margaret's son. And before I knew it, I was being ushered down to my mum's room. And that scared the bejeebas out of me. 
So up until that point, I think I had really kind of tricked myself into thinking, okay, well, she's dying, but maybe it won't be for another week or two or, um, or at least a few days or whatever. And then when she rushed me down, I thought, uh oh, this, this isn't good. If they're rushing me through a facility that's on lockdown, that's probably not a good sign. And then I got into mum's room and my auntie was there and I sat with mum. Uh, my auntie and I sat with her for two hours and we got to talk and I made jokes and got her to, to smile and uh, giggle. It was very hard for her. Her breathing was very bad. Um, but I got to sit there and just hold her hand for two hours, which was uh, really, really, really lovely. Um, and mum said something which uh, was very funny. So in the morning when my auntie had gotten there, um, she she looked, she thought mum was about to pass. And um, when mum peaked up, sort of, sort of perked up, sorry, not peaked, um, perked up at about lunchtime, my mum said, oh, my auntie said, Marg, I thought I was going to lose you. And my mum said, Robbie, which is what she called um, Annie Bub. Um, she said, Robbie, I, th I thought so too, but I only made it halfway through saying my sin, so I couldn't go yet. Now, it's okay if you laughed at that, because I find it very funny. And so when mum, when I got to mum and she saw me and we're talking, um, my auntie told me the story with mum in the room. And I said, Jesus, mum. I said, if we're waiting for you to get through all of your sins, we're going to be here for another 12 years. I said, it's okay. You don't have to worry about any sins. They're, they're, we've, you've dealt with them all. They're all done. Uh, and so that was good. But the two hours I spent with her was something that I will completely cherish. I mean, I didn't want her to see me crying, so I kept turning away to cry. I mean, of course, she probably knew exactly what I was doing. Um, but... It was just beautiful to sit there with her. And then uh, they gave her uh, some morphine, uh, a morphine injection at about six o'clock. And I went out to the nurse and I said, well, I don't know what to do. What do we do? Do we go? Do we stay? Do we go quickly eat? Or what do we do? I, I just don't know. And basically this nurse said, now is the time. So go grab something to eat, get some rest. Uh, I will call you if something changes. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so at about 6.30, my auntie and I left. And then uh, before we left, we got to say goodbye to mum, which was incredible. Um, uh, she hugged us both um, and she said that she loved me and that she loved she loved my auntie we got a hug we got a kiss um we left her um we went home to my auntie's to have something to eat and then about 45 minutes later at about 7:15 i got a phone call saying we needed to come back and then my auntie my uncle and i jumped in the car drove back um, 
And I just remember walking so fast to get to mum's room. Now, my aunt and uncle do not have long legs. Uh, I'm the tallest in the family. And I was flying. I was walking very fast. Um, the poor things were probably five, ten metres behind me. And I stopped before I got to the room because I wasn't sure what I was walking into. Uh, and I remember stopping and taking a second to breathe and to, to really... Um, I guess, sort of compose myself before I walked in. Uh, and I'm really glad I did. And because I didn't want mum to see me stressed if she was conscious. So I didn't want to burst in the room looking sort of uh, highly strung. <laughs> so uh, I stopped and I took a breather and then I walked in and I was just so overwhelmed with what I walked into and by no means in a bad way. I walked in and I got to see my mum on the bed and she was alive, but she was unconscious and um, they had completely changed her room. So they'd made her bed, they'd put chairs around her bed, they'd lowered it, they'd dimmed the lights, they put some instrumental music on. And the amount of care that was shown to my mum in those final stages, I there are no words for me to describe how grateful I am to the staff. I, I just, it is incredible. And then my aunt, my uncle and I sat with mum and my aunt and I held, we're on each, a hand each. I had mum's left hand, I was on her left side. And we just sat with her, telling her that it was okay not to not to struggle it was fine that we would both be okay um and then at about 8 20 she passed away um so we were with her it was as peaceful as it could be um there is nothing about it that i would change nothing at all and i i just i didn't want mum struggling anymore so i was grateful that she was at peace but nothing prepares you for grief nothing prepares you for what is about to happen i i don't think i've ever felt a flood of emotions like that before where i just could not do anything but cry and i kept trying to i i, I remember as the nurses came in and trying to sort of compose myself and then after sort of failing to do that uh, a couple of times I just thought ah oh, stuff it um it's all hanging out now um I will they can just see me cry I'm sure they're used to it but that was so incredible they gave us hugs um and I mean the staff honestly the staff they were incredible but for me such an organized person I'd organised so much except for the stuff around mum's passing. So I knew it was coming. I didn't know when and I didn't know if it would be two years from that point or that day like it was, but I just could not prepare anything and I couldn't deal with it and I couldn't organise it. And in my mind, when it all happened, I thought, oh my God, I forgot to do this. And then when I was talking to Richard... He reminded me that 
he had spoken to me about it a number of times and I literally could not talk about it. Uh, and that, I mean, if that's not a glimpse into the brain trying to process what's happening, I don't know what is. But the next, particularly the next two weeks um, after mum died, just heavy and exhausted. I'm still really exhausted. I'm sure you can probably hear it in my voice. And if you follow me on social media, I'm sure that you can still see that I'm pretty tired. Um, I'm just mentally exhausted from processing everything, but it's getting better day by day by day. Um, I know it's not going to go, it's never going to go away. I'm always going to miss her and I'm always going to grieve and all of that, but it's, it is getting better. So I'm having more ups than downs, which is a good thing. Uh, but yeah, just no one prepares you for what that grief is like. Uh, and my auntie and I made a comment after mum passed that we thought that mum was going to die six years ago when she was really unwell. And I'm hilariously, I'm covering that off in the next few episodes, um, <laughs> which uh, is is timely. So where we left off at the end of last year um, through till the current day is what this year is going to focus on. And a lot of that is around mum's health and all of that. So, um, yeah. So interestingly, uh, we thought that she was going to die five, six years ago. And so every day after that was a blessing. And we thought that our grief had started around that point. But and I'm sure it did to a, maybe to a certain degree, but I just wasn't prepared. I just didn't, I didn't know it would be like that. I didn't know how sad it would be. I didn't know how much I desperately wanted to speak to her. That's, that's the thing. Like I, I've, so I've still got her mobile phone here and I don't want to turn it off just yet. I've tried and I just can't. I'll do it soon, I'm sure. But I just I just love to talk to her. So now I talk to her uh, in my head, which sounds completely batty, but it's what I do. Uh, I've given her a bunch of things to get to work on, to get sorted for me in life. Uh, so I put her to task while she's up there. So I hope she's onto it. Um, but I know she's at peace and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So... Um, I wanted to update you all on where that was at, uh, share the story. I think it's really important that we share these stories like this because everyone has to deal with death. Everyone has to uh, deal with losing a loved one. And I think it's important for people to share their process and share how it, how, uh, it affected them. I mean, I am very much in the early stages. I'm still very much at the beginning of this road, but I think it's important to talk about, and I will talk about it in more episodes. So, um, I but I really wanted to update you on all of that. And so the last thing, so the thing that I want to end off on, which uh, I think is fun, is share with you a part of what I, I read it, a little celebration of life uh, my family had for mum. And one of those, one of those is actually a quote. Excuse me while I pull this up on my phone. I should have been better prepared for this, huh? Um, 
Okay, so the quote, which I really loved, and I read this as part of, I don't like saying eulogy, as part of my little speech <laughs> that I gave for mum uh, at her celebration. Uh, and I think this sums up mum perfectly. So here it goes. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a well-preserved, attractive body, but rather to skin in sideways, chocolate in one hand, wine in the other, body totally used up and worn out, screaming, woohoo, what a ride. That, my friends, is my mum. She, I'm sure she actually did some flips as she screeched in sideways, but... That's exactly what happened. She lived life to the full. And just before we go, I want to share a couple of fun stories that I shared with everyone uh, at the celebration. So the first one I want to share is around, and I I can't remember if I shared this in an episode last year. If I did, you're going to listen to it again. Um, (laughs) But uh, when I was about nine or 10 and my mum had breast cancer, so she got breast cancer in her left breast and had a a mastectomy. She later had uh, a mastectomy in her her right breast as well. Um, But uh, she had a mastectomy in her left breast. She got a prosthetic uh, breast that was put into, obviously just an insert, like a chicken fillet. Uh, we were at Cole's Labrador Park on the Gold Coast and my mum bent down to get something and her boob fell out. And when I say fell out, I mean splat on the ground. It fell out and she kicked it under uh, the aisle. So her boob just disappeared under this aisle. Mum looked at me and said, Nick, you've got to get my boob. Because um, she didn't have strength in her left arm to be able to get up and down. And so... I was nine or 10 on my hands and knees fishing out my mum's boob from underneath uh, the Isle of Coles, uh, which I, I is a, a memory that I will always cherish. Uh, the other memory I want to share, which I know I haven't said on the podcast, uh, and it's quite funny, is uh, we were driving along one of the main roads on the Gold Coast and mum and Louise, we, we used to have this Toyota... Uh, low ace I think or high ace I can't remember Um, but it was a van and it was cream and uh, yeah very interesting but uh, we're driving along and mum spotted a mother duck and her ducklings trying to cross the road but there'd just been roadworks and the medium strip was too high for the ducks to get over uh, the ducklings to get over and so they were panicked and so mum and Louise cut off traffic on their side someone else cut traffic on the other side I can't remember what happened with that though but um, I just remember seeing mum shoving ducklings down her top um, and had she had a shirt tucked in and she just was throwing ducklings down her top and then uh, our little dog Billy who was a long-haired chihuahua very cute dog but he was the devil um took off out of our van. Uh, I'm sure it was probably my fault. Uh, Took off out of our van. And so Louise was chasing the dog down the highway. Not a proper highway. It was like a two-lane highway. Um, Down the highway. Mum ran across the road, dumped out the ducklings with the mother duck chasing after her, of course. Then mum chased after Louise, who was chasing after Billy. Honestly, you can't write comedy like that. Uh, I was panicked because I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I'm in a car in the middle of the road with no uh, adults around to move it. Uh, And then they came back. It was a sad thing. Our little dog got clipped by a car. He was fine, uh, but it stopped him. So they came back eventually and we went to the vet. But 
that story is just clear as day in my head. Uh, the vision of watching mum shoving ducklings down her top uh, will ever stay with me. So I wanted to share those two fun stories. Like I've always said from the very start of this podcast, I'm sharing my life warts and all in this in the hopes to help someone else. And what that means is a lot of the times we talk about the bad stuff, but that really doesn't mean that that neither of my parents are bad people. Uh, I love them both and they just really struggled. And so I have lots of fun memories like that with mum, but I also have lots of equally bad memories uh, of a, of a, a, a growing up in that household. But I wanted to share those because they're fun, they show my mum's spirit, and I thought it'd be nice to share those with you. So I'm going to leave you on that. Thank you for listening. If you've made it all this way, bravo. Thank you very much. Um, And remember, if you think that this podcast, this episode or the episodes last year or any episodes to come may help someone, please make sure you share it with them. This podcast, I want to go as far as possible and it's got nothing to do with me. I make no money off of this. This is purely because I want to help people. So if you think someone would get something out of this, please make sure you share it with them. Uh, But I'm going to leave you there. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so thrilled to be back. Also, just a reminder that next episode that you hear, which will be released next week, will say welcome to the first episode of 2021 and happy new year and all of this stuff. Just remember that was that was recorded before mum had passed. So uh, I'm not going to do a, a voiceover beginning of that. Uh, you, will, you will know that this was the start. So I hope you have a fantastic time doing whatever it is that you're doing. Be safe. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Have a fantastic time. See you later.